in the middle a bit? Are you sort of... Ah, okay, right. We're going to be here. Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you for Heather. Thank you so much for her, Lord. Thank you for all that she does, for her faithfulness. Mm. Father, I pray that every word she speaks would be spoken with the authority of heaven. And I pray that every word would find its place in our hearts to change our lives and to encourage us, to lift us up and to build your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, Happy New Year to you if it's the first time I've seen you in 2020. Um, I'm Heather and I'm married to Phil. I'm introducing myself because I realize there's one or two visitors here. And together with the team here, we lead this church. How old is the church now, darling? 20, 24 years old. Started in our church, in our church, in our house, which became a church. And we've been on an amazing journey with God. And it's, yeah, it's great to be here together with you this morning. There was a little air of chaos this morning, wasn't there, with gates and things falling over and stuff. And I just want you to know that's all okay. It reminded me of the early days when we were meeting in Litchitma Travers School and uh, the band, to start off with, was filling a guitar and there were more children than adults, and they used to run round chasing one another through the worship. And sometimes they would bump into display boards that would wobble like this, and you'd see everybody dashing towards, you know, to try and literally save lives. So a little tree falling over, that's nothing. That's nothing. Um, welcome. I can see there's a lovely row of people that I haven't met before. I don't know whether you've been offered one of these as you came in, have you? Okay, Phil, can you? Yeah, so let's just bless our visitors today. Just close your eyes and pray out loud the best prayer you can pray for them right now. One, two, three, go. Well done for finding us and actually getting in. Wow, that must be God. <laughs> um, I want to uh, precede what I'm going to share with you today. Uh, if you could put that PowerPoint up, Helen, by saying we've just come out of the end of an amazing three and a half week Christmas and New Year with our family staying with us. Our family from Canada came to stay. Quite often, three lovely grandchildren in the house, including the one that's excited about treasure tots. And uh, we had the bugs and the flu and all of that. And we went through quite an amazing time. Of, shall I say, light and shade. Yeah. And... By the end of the three and a half weeks, Phil and I were quite shocked at ourselves, how exhausted we were and how difficult we found it to think of anything normal and complete sentences and things. And it was a timely reminder of what it's like you know, to be a young family with little ones waking in the night and all sorts of things. And so... I want to precede what I'm saying today about the kingdom of God with a heart of empathy <laughs> if you're in that place currently, where about the best you can do is, as Nathan did in one period of his life, is walk down the end of the garden, say something from the Lord's Prayer and go back in, just because that was the slot he had. But God honored that. In his heart, he still sought first the kingdom, even if it was really difficult for him in that season to find his normal ways of engaging. Right? I'm already getting emotional. 
because I think he and Jen and the family are great. So this morning, uh, our theme, it's the theme of the month, and Phil began it brilliantly last week. And if you were away last week, I really encourage you to go on the Lighthouse website, find his podcast and listen to it, because it really goes into more depth of something that I will merely touch on today, which is about the keys of the kingdom, okay, and who we are. But... Um, so today, our, uh, you'll be looking at it more from Heather's perspective. So can we go to the second slide? Okay. And this is the declaration of the month. Would you have a quick look at it? The point of these declarations is not only that we perhaps say them together on a Sunday, but that maybe they feed into the way we think the way we speak, and our prayer times through the month. So I commend them to you again today. And this is our declaration for the month, that we together are called to pray and bring our area into an experience of heavenly rule. So it is as good on earth as it is in heaven. Wow. That's what... We're all called to, whether we're 80 and we've been walking with God for decades, we're new believers, whether you're in work, out of work, whether you're well, whether you're not so well at the moment. There's, there's no one who can cop out of this. And you'll see why as we go through the scriptures today. And part of the way the kingdom comes is through prayer. So I want us to be open to be thinking about how am I praying now and who am I praying with and how am I engaged with any of this. So next one, please, Helen. So as I was preparing for this talk this week, um, I, as I was just waking up one morning, I heard this question and I knew it was God asking me the question. And the question was, how good are you at embracing change? And I've always said, I love change. I like change. Yeah, give me change. I like it. <laughs> She's all fine if I've initiated it. <laughs> but how good am I at embracing change? And you might think, well, why? What, what are you putting that in to do with the kingdom of God? Well, it's because... The kingdom of God is totally different than any of our normal, natural ways of thinking and doing. You can't have the kingdom without there being change and radical change. And so I've got to come at this from a point of view of being ready to change your mind about some things and the ways we do things to get a culture. Thoughts and ways are culture. And we're looking at kingdom culture today. In the Gospel of Matthew, he records that Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 3, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. So this isn't my theory. What I'm sharing with you today, and this will be challenging stuff, isn't me trying to be difficult with you. I'm just telling you what Jesus says, okay? And I'm being challenged too, unless you change and become like little children. We were discussing this in KLS this week. What is it about little children that we've got to become like? And one of the things that we landed on is that really little children don't assume they know how to do things. They let their papa show them. They listen to what their mama or their dad or their key carer says. And they do it that way. They try it. They try. And they don't assume they know. And the thing is about 
Christians who are adults is we might have prayed the prayer of salvation at some point in our life, but our normal ways of thinking have come with us since we prayed that prayer. So we can be a Christian because we've prayed the prayer of salvation, but not really entering the kingdom. That's a scary thought. If we haven't had radical change, rethink, and let him teach us his kingdom ways. Okay. Next slide, please. So what is the kingdom of God? It's any place and any people that God is actually ruling rather than the enemy or people setting themselves up as a god thinking they know how to do stuff all right it's a place he rules it's a place he's taken over it's a temple where he is number one where he is lord and king like the kids have put up here it's where the king rules it's where Jesus the King actually rules. Doesn't, we, not just a sort of mental assent to him, saying, I believe in him, but there's some kind of governing force from the King being imposed and demonstrated in the lives of the people and in the land that they live in. Okay. Next one. So how important is this thing about the kingdom? Why are we putting this at the beginning of the year? How important is it? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom. I find it quite hard in those three and a half weeks that I've just been telling you about but my heart longed for more. And the moment a bit of space opened up, it was like, <sighs> Seek first, so Jesus is putting it as number one priority. Then when his disciples came to him and said, you know, would you teach us how to pray? And in Matthew 6, he says, pray like this. He starts with our Father who's in heaven. Relate to him. I honor your name. Very next thing is your kingdom come. Your will be done yeah, here on earth as it is in heaven. And when I pray it, I make it really, really personal. I say, here, on my patch, on earth as it is in heaven. Because if I pray it with this sort of global view, I, I can kind of have a cop-out from noticing whether it's earthed or not. But if I say, in this bit that I've got some responsibility, ownership, and authority over my home, my family, my life, my body, my work, my church, my community, if I say that, then I know what I'm looking for, and I'm taking some ownership and responsibility for it. So how important is it? Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, and then he said, pray for the kingdom to come so seek it pray for it and then um, we've got this amazing book at the moment in circulation called the infographic bible i commend it to you it's um it puts in graphic form uh, and puts in context lots of things from the bible and one of the pages an amazing diagram where they've drawn a diagram of all the things that jesus ever spoke on the top 50 he spoke on and guess what's number one kingdom was number one he spoke more about the kingdom so i think when jesus came on earth and at 30 got filled with the spirit and 
Boom began his ministry, he announced straight away, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom's come near you. The kingdom's upon you. The kingdom's within you. He came to inaugurate the kingdom rule or maybe to restore the king's rule on the earth back like it was originally designed from the garden. He, you don't read about it in the Old Testament. He came and said, right, this is a takeover. I'm here, I'm the king, and I'm here to get the light of the kingdom back on the face of the earth for any who will change and become like little children to enter it. Um, next one. So, you know, not every chain church will have this as their vision and our vision and values are up on the board over there but in fact every believer and every church community this is the mandate that Jesus has set us this is our job till we go to be with him our job till we go to be with him is to see his kingdom come firstly in our own lives so he really rules and our lives look like kingdom they have the joy and the peace and the righteousness and the power and the freedom of the kingdom and it's to pray that his will would be done here in our communities and in our church in our families in our workplaces and we can't dumb it down to say well it just to be a little bit better because unfortunately, he won't allow us that little loophole because he put in that instruction in the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven, where there's a total rule and reign of the king, where in heaven there is no lack. No lack. In heaven, there is no sickness. There's no unrest. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. There's no fear. No pain. Wow. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what our hearts long for. And so I want to encourage us in our prayers not to dumb down, but to keep to the bar that he has set so that we don't become worldly in our expectations, in our prayers. And we are to both pray it and display it. So shall we look up Matthew 10 and see what that says? I need to remind myself. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. Oh, yeah. This is when Jesus calls disciples and he sends them off on their first foray without him actually being present with them. And he says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near, or the kingdom of God. All right, interchangeable. It's near. And you say that, but what you do is heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received of the kingdom. I've put the of the kingdom in. Freely you have received, so freely give. So we have to receive of the kingdom, make it our own experience, and then we've got to go and give it away. That's what Kingdom Life School is all about on a Thursday night and a Friday, to equip believers. Because I realize that there's a lot of people in churches who have prayed the prayer of salvation, but they have not yet entered and experienced the kingdom to a measure that they are confident to display it to somebody else 
when faced with something that doesn't look like the kingdom. And if he sent those disciples with that commission, is he not always also sending today's disciples with the same commission? So we can't even settle for, oh, well, I'll up my prayer life and I'll start to pray for this. I need to position myself that I am laying hold of this kingdom so I can display it to others and they can look at us. And as Joe had the privilege in the uh, Easter break, have a neighbor come and say, what is it about you and Mike and this house that is so special? Because they were displaying the kingdom and their neighbors can feel it and taste of it and experience it. So she got an opportunity on a plate to give the gospel, didn't you, Joe? The lady's really, really processing that and thinking it. Next one, please. So how do we actually enter and experience the kingdom? Because I've drawn a distinction, haven't I, between praying the prayer of salvation or going along to church and entering the kingdom. The beginning of the Gospel of Mark, when Jesus explodes onto the scene and he announces the kingdom of God is here, it's near. He said, so repent and believe. And what does repent mean? Can you call it out? Change the way you think, which will involve a turnaround. Yeah, because you'll never do a turnaround if you don't change the way you think. Because you're going in a certain direction because you truly think something. And if you can't get a kingdom thought, you'll always be fighting against that, trying, trying, trying to repent rather than actually repenting. Repent, change your mind, be teachable like a little child, Believe something a whole lot better than you have been believing. Because there are a lot of people who have prayed the salvation prayer and are in churches who aren't believing the same way Jesus believes. The kingdom belief system. Okay? So we have to be humble and change our thinking entirely. And there's also a kind of a forceful element to this, really going after it, being earnest, being really desirous to experience the kingdom so that you can display it. It's not just all going to float down upon you, I'm afraid. As Jesus said, from the time of John the Baptist till now when he came, the kingdom was forcefully, can you remember the phrase? Forcefully advancing and forceful men were pushing their way into it. And what I can say in my Christian experience of a um, long time, about 50 years, is the times I've most profoundly experienced the kingdom of God has been when I've been really, really un-sort of British and un-ladylike and really determined and single-minded and I'm going to get this. I'm not going to be put off. I am going to wait to the very end if it comes to that. I'm going to spend money. I'm going to chase where the kingdom is manifesting and I'm going to go there if it takes that. I'm not going to fold my arms and go, well, if that's God will show me and he'll come to me. And when I have done those things, like I did with Chrissy decades ago when we went to Roffey Place, do you remember that? Boy, did I get a taste of the kingdom. And even though I didn't go looking for healing, I got healed, physically healed, in 
the presence because where the kingdom rule came down, that stuff couldn't stay. That's our mandate. Together, this is what we're called to get hold of together and display. I'll put it as a question there. Is it, is it possible to be in here? I've clearly told you that I think it is possible <laughs> because I've been there. I am the proof of that. Next one. So, you know, have I got the right to talk about this stuff? Well, because I've personally experienced this and seen the fruit in my life. And actually, the times when it all first began to break in the kingdom was when we were young parents, we were a young family and we had all those challenges of not enough money, a house that needed decorating, babies waking up, you name it, fighting on all those fronts. But actually, that was the moment in our 30s, I'm not saying this is what God does with everybody, that he chose to start saying, you know, come on, there's a kingdom to be experienced. And we started to do radical chasing after it. And Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's like a little, little seed, a little idea, a little testimony, a little thing you read in a book, a little thing you, you see in the Bible where you think, could that really happen? that really be true? And if you will be good ground in your thinking and in your decision making, we made choices in our 30s, kingdom choices that we're living in the fruit of now because we chose to repent and believe. It starts small, it doesn't look like anything to start off with, but Jesus tells a story about the, the mustard seed that grows and becomes the largest of all trees, so all sorts of other things can come and nest in its branches. Yeah? And that's what the kingdom will be like in you and is being like in many of you as you let it grow and take over. 30 years ago, approximately, we had a house move, which marked really a step change in our experience of the kingdom. We moved into a little bungalow called St. Herman's, and almost as soon as we got in there, we thought we'd made an awful mistake. It was terribly noisy on a busy road. All the windows rattled. I couldn't sleep at night for anxiety about having made a poor choice. We'd get up in the morning and go and throw up as if I was pregnant. But I wasn't pregnant, it was anxiety. Because I knew I hadn't sought first God, the kingdom, about this. And yet, it definitely did not look or feel like heaven on earth. <laughs> that house. It's the house we still live in all these years later. And God has taken us in a journey how to take hold of the kingdom and impose it in our home and become peaceful there and pray and declare and speak out. This is what it's going to be like. We're not gonna permit that, we are gonna release this. And then we had one first extension, which was great after our third baby came along. Um, and this was mirrored and, and in that first extension, the church was born. That's where Lighthouse first started to meet in our home. And then we went from one uh, space, one school, one office, to the next, each time getting a bit bigger, a bit better, gradually expanding, uh, another extension in our home going up and now then fitting this place out and growing and growing and growing. And, but at every step of that growth, Raina Mason, I had to change my mind about something. 
he knows I really love him. <laughs> and I believe that he's in a crossroads in his life where he needs to change his mind about some things. And God's going to give you really good ideas. But I had to change and become like a little child and go, I'm not going to believe that this place is a mistake. I'm not going to believe that we're going to lose all our money. I'm not going to believe that I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life here. I'm not going to believe that, you know, all of those things. I choose to believe that God is good and that we can speak. And together, if we will agree and really, it's not a game, really agree, really believe, rise up, take authority, then this can change. And it must change and it will. So together we prayed and prophesied to the house that it would be a place of peace and refuge and prayer and people started to come and so on and so on. And some of you have done that journey with us and you have seen that transformation and growth as we have proved that the kingdom is like a seed that has within it, it's meant to expand and take over and it has taken over our lives completely. I mean, my mum was worried that, you know, we'd become fanatical and we're in a cult and all of the rest of it. And I've had to go through all of that. Stand up to that and praise God. Our relationship together is better now than it ever was. But it took time and I had to keep choosing kingdom first kingdom first because there are people in your life family friends and colleagues who want you to dumb it down but the kingdom is very radical uh, when the message would go around from village to village in israel Jesus was coming and the disciples were coming there was a certain phrase in Greek it's oengelion which is the gospel the good news of the gospel is being preached but oengelion was a word that was used by heralds to announce a new ruler like Rome is taking over as a new governor our Jesus isn't gentle Jesus meek and mild he is a king next one so how are we going to bring the kingdom rule here if we're going to live up to our declaration? I think it starts one by one, doesn't it? As we begin to realize that this is my call, our call, if we will own that responsibility, not expect the government to do it for you, the teachers to do it for you, the police to do it for you, church leaders to do it for you, someone else to do it for you. If we stop thinking like little caterpillars, Helen, <laughs> and we start engaging the thinking of the kingdom, our butterfly stuff. Sorry if I'm talking in metaphors that other people haven't got the background for, but I know she knows what I'm talking about. If we own our responsibility that from the garden, he left us in charge as stewards to rule and reign on the earth, we let someone else talk us out of that, gave power to the enemy so that now the face of the earth is covered by two kingdoms at war. The enemy has a lot of territory, but we are called to push that back by bringing in the kingdom in the same way as Jesus did. To become not a church where we just come on a Sunday to sing songs and find out how each other are, but we grow into this ecclesia that Jesus spoke of in the scripture Phil preached on last Sunday where he's engaging with Peter who used to be called Simon remember and Simon gets a revelation that Jesus is the Messiah King 
And Jesus said, okay, you've got it. So from now on, I call you Peter, the rock on which I'm going to build my ecclesia, which isn't a Sunday gathering to sing songs and see how each other are. It was an authority in a place to govern. And that to the ecclesia, the people who realize that's who we are and are ready to own that responsibility and step up to it, he said, I will give you the keys. I give you the keys of the kingdom. And who can remember from last week what those keys are? What are the keys? Say it again. Binding and loosing is the biblical phrase. Permitting or forbidding is modern day language. I liked how Phil used that because we know what permitting and forbidding is, don't we? We are called to use the keys of the kingdom, which is deciding what we're going to permit in our family, in our space, where we have responsibility and what we're going to forbid. It's a way of thinking, isn't it? It's not asking God, God, please will you do this, this, and this. It's realizing who he's called us to be when he is in us and we have that revelation from him. His spirit is within us that we're now his sons that he's left in charge. And so what is going on around here is to do with how much the sons are permitting or forbidding. And actually, there is no cop-out for any of us because whether we realize it or not, already you and I are permitting and forbidding certain things by what we say. Because in Proverbs it says, the tongue holds the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what we say and what we agree with happens, even if you don't realize it. The thing is, we might be saying and agreeing with some stuff that's not so good. Oh, no, I know, it's dreadful, isn't it? Isn't that awful? Caught myself doing it on Thursday. I had to stop. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with that got to say a better thing. So, um, so who do you pray with? Who do you agree with? Are you actively engaged in that? And if you're not, would you really think about taking up your responsibility as a son and finding a way sometime in the week when you can pray with somebody and make agreements and take authority and say your kingdom come and do what Jesus has asked us to do there's all different ways that you could do that in home groups in LHOPs in groups of your own that you may have created but also Albert has, and Simon on a Tuesday evening they've opened it up once a month haven't you to come and pray here first Tuesday of every month at 7.30. Is that right, Albert? And everybody's invited. So if you've not got engaged so far, why not do that? Come along. Get involved. Because we need to use the keys that he's put into our hands to permit and forbid. Next slide. I think we're nearly finished. So what are we going to forbid and release? What are we going to say? That's enough of that. And what are we going to release? Just want to give you a few minutes for the cogs to go around and for you to think in your own life now. Okay. I'm going to test this out, see if this kingdom thing is right. What would Jesus permit? And what would he forbid? 
That's our measure. And as you identify something that you're going to forbid and something that you're going to release and permit to happen, declare is going to happen, something positive, something Jesus can smile about. I want to tell you that in our journey with this, some of the things where we decided to forbid, it happened like that. Uh, Jack had some horrible boils on his knee. And we'd read in Deuteronomy that boils were part of the curse of the law. <laughs> so we thought, we're not having that. And they just went. And some of the things we've had to fight for, and it has taken time to go and go and go and be determined and say, no, no, no. All right? I'm not pretending it's a magic formula but what I am saying is this is the truth and it's worth fighting for okay and the thing is if we were brave enough to decide together a whole bunch of us today that we're going to take up this call from God to be the ecclesia and to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. It will inevitably bring change. So if we're of the makeup, but we don't like change, be ready to have your thinking adjusted okay or we don't like change that's not initiated by you you know or in my case by me <laughs> because it is a takeover last one last one i think it is so coming back to that initial question how good are you at embracing change Albert and I were chatting with Jan this week as we were reviewing a prophetic word that Jan had received. And in the course of that chat, he shared a picture, a vision that God had showed him of the tree. Would you like to come and say it how you saw it, Albert? Don't need to do an interpretation. Just say it how it happened, what you saw and what you heard God say. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it was a word. It just, uh, I just heard the word. It said, mighty oaks, call on me, and I will come like wind, and I will blow through you, and your withered leaves will fall, and the saplings will grow. Simple as that. Thank you. Thank you. So God was speaking to Albert, who's emerging really as one of the prophetic people in this church. And he said, mighty oaks, call on me, pray, and I will come and I will blow. We want that wind of the spirit, don't we, to blow through blow away withered leaves. So I was thinking about withered leaves because I don't want anybody to make a poor interpretation of this and see this as people or, you know, negative things. But withered leaves are leaves that were really useful in the previous season. But a new season's come and you have to let them drop. 
And then they let more light through for the saplings, and they actually help the saplings grow. So if you get a sense of the wind of God blowing through your life and something's getting blown away, don't be frightened, please. Be secure. Because God's announced something to us before it's happened. And if you will, you can agree with this. Because do we need the new saplings to grow? We need the new saplings to grow for the new season, don't we? So let the wind of God blow through us. Shall we pray? I love your kingdom, Jesus. I love everything I've read about it in the Gospels. I think it's brilliant. It's what we want. It's what this nation needs. I want to say sorry for all the times in my life where my life has not looked like kingdom, where I've not sought you first, and I've settled for something less. But I acknowledge before you this morning that you are the king of the kingdom. And I agree to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that your spirit brings revelation and courage and determination in this church family, in this congregation, that we would own our high calling and repent and believe and dare to think that those things in our life that currently don't look like kingdom are subject to change and they must shift and grow. As we find ways, we find someone we can agree with and we turn the keys of the kingdom to permit the good things and forbid that which is not of your kingdom. May there be a great connecting of hearts and lives from this point forward in this church so no one is disconnected from someone they can agree with and pray with so we can rise up and become who we are called to be, the ecclesia in this area. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So then, lastly, we're going to have a time of ministry because Holy Spirit reminded me today that you can't just talk about the kingdom, you've got to display the kingdom. So I asked him, and I asked a few of the ministry team and KLS as well, to ask God for words of knowledge of things that he would love to do today to display his kingdom, to bring change. So those of you who've got words of knowledge, uh, would you come and join Jane, who's going to facilitate this time for us? And we're going to have a time of prayer and ministry, because I've finished early, look. And the kids are coming out at half past, so we've got 15 minutes, whoa, to let the kingdom come. Yes. And so the first word of knowledge um, before core team go out to pray with one person privately, okay, the first word of knowledge uh, that I want to bring is one which is based around the story of when Peter and John were walking in Sol Solomon's colonnade and there was somebody there who'd got a chronic long-term problem that was actually there to beg. But Peter and John said, look at me. And that person had to lift up their head. And they said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. And they gave healing to that person. And I believe that there may be somebody today who's got a long-term chronic condition where it's got to the stage where really it's just a case of looking for what benefits that you can find to help sustain you. But God is saying today, lift up your eyes to me. I'm going to give you something which is healing so you don't have to be in that condition anymore. 
So if that's you, I'd love you to respond. I heard a funny word. I didn't really know what it meant, so I had to look it up. But So I'm just risking this. I'll throw this word out. If it means something to you, then come and find me before we all go home today, and we will pray and get it. And it is incoate. Not incubate, incoate. And it means not yet fully formed. Or it can be connected to some... Uh, criminal thing where somebody was preparing to do something. I don't know. There we go. And lastly, the Lord put Rona's name on my mind. So I'm going to pray for Rona before I go out. And maybe others you'd like to pray. Stay there, Jonathan. You're brilliant, you are. Rona, God put your name on my heart. What is the condition Rona's suffering with? Um, it's a sort of dementia. Okay, something in the thinking, in the mind. Okay. So, Rona, look up. Yeah. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have of the spirit I give to you. A right mind. The mind of Christ. 100%. Yeah joy and peace and recovery let your mind and your body and your spirit come into alignment because you love jesus and he loves you in the name of jesus be healed strength come back into you and bless and strengthen jonathan in jesus name amen amen Um, I know at some point, as Avril, Avril, you wanted to pray for Phil, did you? Would you like to do that now? Right. I have a word for Phil, who's sort of wandering around at the moment. Bless him. <laughs> I believe that um, God really wants to stir us up in these days to help us to understand the importance of the times in which we're living. And for this reason, I know that Phil has decided to have the sabbatical. He's going off to seek God, and I believe he's going to encounter God in amazing ways. Um, and then he's going to come back. We're all going to get blessed and live happily ever after. No. <laughs> that, that is not how it's going to be. And I just... Um, over this week, I've been reading the book on revival, and it's stirring me up to say, God, stir me up to pray. Stir me up to seek you. And while Phil's away, I really would like us to do that so that when Phil comes back, we're all on the same page, and we're all together actually going to um, continue the work that God has called us to. But I had a picture for Phil, and I think it was for the Hebrides, so I will include you, Heather, in this because you're one. And it was basically four soldiers, two at the back and two at the front. And believe me, they made Goliath look small. They were absolutely huge. They didn't have guns. They had big swords. And what they were doing, they were clearing a way for you with these swords. But as the enemy tried to come, they would cross their swords either at the front or at the side or at the back and so that the enemy couldn't get near you, and you were under the protection of God. And I just felt that God was saying that you're going to be protected. These angels, I believe they're angels, although I call them soldiers, are going to look after you. But I felt God was saying, be careful of distractions, because the enemy knows your heart. He knows that you love him, and he knows that you want to be obedient. But I think the one thing you could be is distracted by the enemy. And I feel the enemy is saying, don't be distracted. Just listen and keep close to his voice because he has a way for you. And these soldiers are going to make a way for you where there isn't any way. And I believe through that you really are going to encounter God because I believe you're perhaps going to go to places that you weren't expecting to go and you're going to see things that you weren't expecting to see. And I just believe that God is really going to use this time in an amazing way a bit like Moses when he went to the burning bush and he encountered God I sense very much that that's like that for you so for the rest of us I'm asking you will you 
pray for Phil and for Heather as they go. Shall we all commit and say, yes, we will pray for them. We will be committed to pray. We will be committed to see God move and God work. And it won't all be on Phil and Heather. The church isn't their responsibility solely. We are all part of this church. And I would love it when he comes back. We're all saying, oh, yeah, God said that to me and that happened. And we're all on the same page. Wouldn't that be wonderful? God can do it. Okay? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Avril. Okay, right. We've got all these lovely people here who have heard from the Lord today, or t yesterday. And it's just a sign, again, if you've, you've never been, may, maybe not been in a meeting like this before, God loves you and he has compassion on you and he really cares very deeply about all the aspects of your life. And sometimes he wants to speak directly to you. And he will often use somebody else by giving them a word of knowledge about something relating to you. So as you sit there and listen to the words of knowledge, don't be surprised that you might have come here for the first time that God is actually speaking to you today. But have your ears open and listen to what the Lord wants to say because God wants to bless you today. So first I'm going to ask Jan. Uh, I had no intention of coming and doing this this morning, but I felt God just spoke to me about it. Um, we were singing earlier about um, a firm foundation and love, and I just wanted to throw out an invitation to anyone here who has never really known Jesus or knew that Jesus wanted a personal heart relationship with him. And that is what he went to the cross for that is what he's made available to you and that is what his heart is for you that you actually come into that place of really having a real personal encounter and heart relationship with him so if that is speaking to you please don't leave this morning without coming and speaking to someone and letting us pray um yeah come to me or or anyone um few other things quickly um somebody who is uh, thinking of a change of direction in employment um if that's you please if you want to respond please do uh, a blocked ear and the other thing i felt was um sort of shooting pains around the left temple um, up here. and then just one more thing and you'll know if this really speaks to you but i felt that god gave me a scripture this morning and if this is for you just receive it into your heart and then go home and and ask him and look at it just for yourself don't be afraid i'm with you don't be discouraged i'm your god i will strengthen you and help you and i will hold you up with my victorious right hand and that's isaiah 41 Verse 10. Thank you, Jan. So in a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity, if you would like prayer, to go for prayer. Now, I'm going to ask, perhaps, ladies, if, if you went and stood over the other side so that someone can come for prayer, it just makes it easier for people. Um, and can I say, any member of ministry team not stood up here, could you come and be part of it? Because we've got a lot of things to pray for, and any KLS students um, also. So I have some, first of all, from other people who aren't here. Um, uh, someone in, uh, is perhaps having palpitations that are stress-related, and this has been going on for the past few months, and God wants to heal them today. And, and someone maybe not being able to you know, breathe really freely, uh, which may also be related to the stress problem. So those two may be the same person, or they may be different people. Um, Someone had a picture of a, uh, it's like a finger being pricked. You know, like in the story of Sleeping Beauty, where she got um, pricked and, 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 and fell asleep. Um, it's like coming under a spell, really, in that sense. And, and this person felt that someone is under the influence of words that have been spoken over them that they need freedom from. So go to one of the ministry team for prayer for that. Someone else had the word laminitis, uh, and that is apparently. <laughs> so this is a bit of a tricky one. Something that horses get, apparently. We haven't got any horses in here this morning. But apparently it's when they go into a field of really fresh green pasture, 
and they just have too much of a good thing. And it leads to illness, infection, it can be the feet, it can be twisting of the gut. So just there's something in there about maybe too much of a good thing that's having an adverse uh, impact. And, uh, and um, finally, from, from someone else, a, a heart valve prob problem may possibly, you may have had or be waiting for a replacement um, of a heart valve. But if you have a heart valve problem, please come for prayer. And then I had uh, one this morning where I felt that there is somebody who um, is really struggling in a relationship and it's really uncomfortable for them to be around the person that they've got the problem with. Uh, and it's, um, it's something which, you know, is bothering them quite a bit. And um, it's also having an impact, actually, on some physical health issues. And if um, you would come and receive prayer this morning, uh, God wants to deliver you from that problem, give you a way out of that relationship problem, do some healing there, and it will result also in some physical healing. Okay, <clears throat> I had, uh, there are people in extreme mental anguish here over their worth to the body of Christ. One minute they are confident in who they are in Christ, and then when circumstances seem to say otherwise, they suffer extreme doubt in themselves. Um, I felt God emphasize extreme because I think many of us would say that, that we have those feelings up to a point now and then where the enemy attacks you. But it's an extreme thing, an extreme mental anguish that's taken over your life. Okay, just a quickie. Um, I had a word about somebody who I had an accident many years ago and is still suffering from the ramifications of that. Um, this may be a bit strange, but uh, when, I, when I was in prayer this morning, I just had two names and the picture of a moving train, and the two names were were Connor and and Jonathan. If that means anything to you, then, then come and find me, and I'll, and I'll pray with you. Um, pain in your right. It's my right, isn't it? Yeah. Pain, pain in your right foot, in your heel, possibly heel and toe. And um, God's been speaking to me recently about having fun with your healing. It was a word that Sarah brought back from Bethel. And so if it's you, come and see me all together straight away because we're just going to do something together. So. Great. Thank you, Vivi. I'm um, just pausing here just for a minute to say we've also had an awful lot of words already so you may be forgetting what the first person said so I would like to suggest that if you any of those words that have been given have applied to you already would you like to go now and ask for prayer from the person who gave that word and they're st all standing over there rather than waiting till we get to the end of all the words in which case you probably will have forgotten where we started Um, I have got um, pain in my left calf. It's almost like a, a cramp that um, you keep getting. I feel like the Lord wants to heal someone here of that today. I had the word um, hopelessness. Um, I also, God gave me a, just something, babe in the woods just said babe in the woods as and I looked out of the window I just saw um just an isolation going on somewhere I just feel that there's someone that feels very isolated quite lonely I feel that God wants to um restore um your heart fill up that love bank that he has for you um and I feel like you this person feels like they're insignificant that um, they feel like they're not being heard. And I feel like he's actually saying, you do have a voice. And I'm gonna, he's going to bring that back to you today. I also got pain in the right foot, this time an ankle injury. All right, thank you, Sue. <laughs> Sorry, we're galloping through here. The word I had was that you are to be yourself. Um, 
there's a relationship or a situation in which you're not being yourself and I think he wants you to be yourself and after this and I was praying about it I the women will know this maybe not so much the men I got that quote from Bridget Jones he loves you just the way you are <laughs> I had the word work then I don't know if it's a, a working situation where you are no, not happy or if you are actually an employee and you're looking for some work However, yeah, if it's you, just come and meet me. Thank you, Manuela. Thank you. Okay, there's quite a few people who have asked for prayer, but don't miss your opportunity. Um, if, if you can't remember who gave, who spoke of the thing that you'd like to have prayer for, then just go up and ask someone to pray for you because all these ladies and gents are part of the ministry team and will be very, very happy to pray with you. Thank you, everyone. Now, just as we finish, I realize there is one very special person who has come today who I haven't welcomed, and I, I want to welcome Aurelia. Hooray! Thank you so much for coming today. It's wonderful to see you. God bless you. Well, we're going to quietly finish the meeting now. Prayer will continue on this side. If there wasn't a word of knowledge for you, but you would like prayer, please take an opportunity and go and ask someone to pray for you. They'll be very happy to do that. If not, you're free now to chat with each other, enjoy each other's company. May God bless you. May you have a wonderful week ahead. And we would love to see you next Sunday. We're meeting at the same time in the morning. God bless you.